This is a fit mess with Zach and Jeremy. Hello and welcome to the Fit Mess. I am Jeremy, along with Zach, as usual. What's up, everyone? Thanks for being there. Thanks for downloading the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about a topic today that I think many of you might find on the deeper end of the pool in the woo-woo category. Uh, I know for me, two years ago, that definitely would have been the case. Even a year ago, uh, that would have been the case. Uh, but we are talking about breath work and the many benefits that it can have to help you deal with all sorts of uh, emotional and surprisingly even to me, uh, physical benefits that it can have. Uh, our guest in just a few minutes is going to be author Lauren Shalik Kafritz. She is the author of the new book, Breath Love. She is touring the country right now talking about that book, and we had a, a chance to chat with her. We'll get to that interview in just a little bit. But this this happens sort of at an interesting time for me, Zach, and, and in the conversation we were just having uh, for both of us, we, we both sort of seem to be in a period of, of reset, uh, with our routines, with the things that we're doing to, to sort of take care of ourselves. Yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been an interesting week. Uh, uh I, last week I was really just kind of feeling, I'd really gotten out of all of my habits. I had, I hadn't worked out in a little bit. I hadn't done yoga, hadn't really been practicing any breathing or mindfulness or anything like that. And, um, I, I tend to go big or go home. So I decided this week to reset and get everything going again. So I started CrossFit, which I've never done before. And it's it's on par with like the level of workout that I'm doing, but I, it's harder. It's got weights included. So and I started eating uh, keto again. If so I can really quick, I, I hear the term CrossFit thrown, a lot, thrown around a lot. Is that basically like an aerobic workout with weights? Um, cause I've never so done it either. I'm just, I'm just curious. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a pretty intense workout. So I'm doing a, a little subset of it right now with them. And it's, this one is more of a, they're not using barbells. They're not using pull up bars. It's kind of like a, a CrossFit light, but you could think of it. It's, it's kind of like insanity with some weights involved. So okay. there's, there's a little bit more cardio involved, but once you move over to the CrossFit arena, then you're doing, there's the weightlifting parts, there's the cardio parts, and then they, they throw in some like gymnastics stuff, like using rings and doing pull-ups Jeez, on rings and this stuff sounds like exhausting. I'm, I'm tired listening to you. It is. Even just the, the one that I did, there was this one move where they, they had me put a, like a 35 pound weight in my hand over my head and then do walking lunges across the room and my quads hurt more than they've ever hurt in my entire life. Like I, I'm, I'm going down the stairs backwards cause they hurt so much. Uh, my legs hurt listening to this. I've been, I've been on my ass for like <laughs> the longest time. And part of it is, uh, that my kid's school routine is it's different this year than it was last year. And I'm a bike commuter, um, as much as possible. Uh, my, the bike that I rely on has been dead for weeks and weeks now. I think I'm actually going to be buying one tomorrow, which is very exciting. But that has been sort of the cornerstone of anything, any physical fitness that I do. And it's been off the table. I haven't been able to do it. And so then that just creates a cycle of, oh, well, I, you know, I didn't work out today. It's not a big deal if I don't do it tomorrow. You know what? Next week I'll get things back, you know, I'll get things back on track. Mm -hmm. And it just, once one piece of the, of the Jenga puzzle is pulled, the rest of it just comes tumbling down. And without that, I'm not going to the gym. I'm not doing any kind of like yoga or anything to supplement. Uh, I'm, I'm eating like a 7-Eleven dumpster. Um, just 
<laughs> just garbage. Uh, I'm not taking care of myself. And and just, you know, full disclosure, doing this show right now, I'm exhausted because I can feel that I'm not taking care of myself the way that I need to. It's leading to poor sleep. It's leading to not, you know, not meditating, not doing the breath work that we'll be talking more uh, at length about here in a few minutes. But it's just so interesting how it, it is a house of cards so often mm-hmm. that you build this thing up. And if one piece crumbles, it just creates, ironically, a big mess. <laughs> interesting choice of words. Right. But uh, it's it, it is crazy. And sometimes, though, I really appreciate this moment in my life. Right. Because you when you do get into a habit and you're you're feeling good and every day is feeling good. I use these as a positive reinforcement, right? I feel like shit for a couple of weeks. And to me, I look at that and say, there's my reminder. That's why I have these routines. That's why I do all these things to make myself feel better because I don't want to feel like this anymore. So sometimes I need a good reminder. And the last couple of weeks have been a good reminder for me. So I'm, I'm fully on board getting back onto all the habits that I need to do. Yeah. And uh, for me, part of that has been um, just really trying to hit the reset button in really small ways. And it is uh, like you, I think you mentioned that you you're back on the on the keto diet. I'm trying to do my uh, vegetarian version of that. And to some degree, I've been moderately successful, kind of kind of putting my dipping my toes in the water, getting back into it, trying to just get comfortable with it as a as a concept. I just don't quite get that though. Like the whole point of, of eating keto for me is the fact that I can eat a big fat steak every night. I just don't know how you do that vegetarian. It's not easy. I, I will. <laughs> there is a reason that uh, pretty much any meal delivery service that you can get any, like any, anywhere you look online, you're, you're really going to struggle to find how to do keto in a vegetarian lifestyle. Because mm-hmm. it does, to some degree, rely on processed meat alternatives um, and a lot of cooking and prep because it's it's a lot of vegetables that you're not going to just sit down and eat raw. You need to do something to them to make them, um, you know, not taste like vegetables. So right, uh, it it's hard, and that honestly is one of the big barriers. And and it's one of the things that every now and then I think. You know what? Maybe for a month I should try doing it just with meat and just see how that feels. But I—that's a big moral leap for me to take. Uh, I was just going to ask, like, what what would it take to do that? But if it's a moral ground you're trying to stay on, you know, that's 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 worthwhile. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I, we—I got an email the other day from uh, you know I'm I'm on a bunch of different mailing lists, but I got something from Bulletproof, and it was like talking about um, the Bulletproof diet and how to do it, and can you do it as a vegetarian? Um, and he, you know, goes through and lists like, oh, if it's because of the way animals are treated or the way they're raised and, and all this, I'm like, it has nothing to do with that. I just don't think that I need to eat another living being to survive. So, so far I haven't, but it, you know, I, I, I don't know because I haven't made that, uh, the decision to, uh, to, to take that experiment and, and see how far it goes. But, but it's always in the back of my mind is my point. I, I think you should, because uh, I, th- just from my own experience, I, I am not a vegetarian and I have no intention of ever stopping eating meat unless it's some experiment for a short period of time. And it's just, it, it's like my favorite thing in the whole world. Just eating meat is your favorite thing yep. in the whole world? 
Yeah, it's, it's how I was raised. I was raised eating raw hamburger, so I just love it. <laughs> uh, a loving and warm childhood is uh, yep, is what I'm envisioning. Well cared for. <laughs> uh, so, uh, ironically, um, in terms of sort of getting back to basics, if I can borrow a lame phrase, to me, breathwork and meditation are are very much aligned. If if not the same thing. Our guest may disagree. I don't know. I, I didn't ask her. But to me, they're, they're, they're kind of two, two sides of the same coin where just focusing on your breath, breathing intentionally is a great way to reset your nervous system, is a great way to really give your body the air that it needs. Because so often, so many of us get tied up in the stress and the just swinging from vine to vine that is our chaotic lifestyle. And it's just it's funny that to me, we're, we're going through this reset. We're sort of starting over. And I'm reminded that our, our very first episode was about meditation. And so here we are now sort of hitting the reset button and starting with breath work. And in the last couple of weeks, it has been not a dedicated time of meditation, but just moments of realizing, OK, I'm I'm not acting with intention. I'm just reacting to the day and just taking a moment to take a couple of breaths, hit the reset and and move forward and try and do the next thing. I don't know. Are, are you, is that sort of what you do? What's your experience with breath work? Have you had much? Um, I've done a fair amount. I, I would go back to the comment you made at the beginning of the show on how two years ago you would have thought this was a little woo woo. And I landed on this about four years ago and it, it was because of yoga. And I hadn't really thought about the breath work aspect of it. And I had a yoga teacher who said that if you if you just lay down on your mat and you don't do any of the moves, but you breathe every time I tell you to breathe, you're doing 50 percent of yoga. And that really struck me. And that was the moment I realized that yoga, it was it's not just about the body. It's about the breath work. And that was my journey into figuring out, oh, well, I'm breathing in my chest, not out of my belly. And what does it mean to take a deep breath? And whenever I tried to take a deep breath with my diaphragm, I realized that like I couldn't because my diaphragm wouldn't move that far. It was kind of a crazy realization, but it, you know, fast forward four years and it's a deep breath is all I need to just like reset my mindset. Yeah. I'm not quite there with you. For me, it's definitely like I need a few moments to, to take a few breaths and, and that sort of helps clear my head and, and, and resets everything so that I can face whatever it is that I'm facing. My experience has, has been very limited. I've only had a couple. Uh, one was a significant, uh, very profound experience that I had a few months ago. I think I talked a little bit about it on a previous episode, so forgive me if, uh, if we end up rehashing some of that. Uh, the other was actually just a couple of weeks ago, and it was just prior to talking with our guest. In reading her book, there, she gives an example of helping somebody with a physical ailment purely by doing some quick breath work with him, just a, a stranger doing something. She notices the injury, goes in and helps her through the breath work. Uh, I'll let her tell the story and, and sort of share mine through that. Um, but let's start with, again, with the basics. We talked with author Lauren Shalik Kafritz about her, her new book, Breath Love. Uh, and we started really just talking about breath work itself and what it is to get a better understanding of it. There's so many different definitions for breath work. And um, the typical underlying easy definition is conscious connected breathing. 
that helps bring up material that's been suppressed and repressed. And as you breathe through it and integrate it, you begin to heal whatever's been buried away and you start to feel better. So for me, breath work is all about using your breath to heal. As I was reading your book, we were actually supposed to talk a couple of weeks ago. We had a, a, a time scheduled, and that day, uh, I, I just read some of your book, and I was getting my daughter out of our car. I lifted her up out of the car seat, and I set her down, and my back just locked up. Like, I literally was doubled over, could not stand up, and I was in agony and started panicking and just thinking, I'm alone with my four-year-old. I don't think I can even walk to the front door. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And I immediately flashed to the story in your book about when you helped the, the injured skier and just the sort of breathing through that pain and how it helped her. And, and I immediately just went, oh, do that. And I just started breathing. I just focused on my breath and it got me to a place where I could at least get inside and start making phone calls and asking for help and, and, and doing some things. And so I think it was really interesting how by focusing on my breath and you can probably explain the science more than I can, but I was able to at least partially heal to get to a place where I could focus better and do more. Was I just calming myself down or was there something else more going on with that breathing uh, in terms of pain uh, management? So uh, this is such a fun one to answer because it, you know, whether you're in labor pain, back pain, emotional pain, um, when something happens and you first feel that intensity, anything that's unhealed of the same intensity comes flooding through. So some people, you know, might have broken a leg. And so when they hit their arm really hard, the first thing that they, there's a panic that floods through them on top of just the pain that they're feeling. So the breath is a way to pause for a minute, separate a little bit get grounded and focused and then be able to move forward with, you know, some wisdom of like, Oh yes, if I, you know, I, I can get into the house and get my daughter safe and then make some calls. Um, pain when somebody's in labor, um, you know, there's so many things. Um, I have a client who's, who's, um, who's, whose mom told her mom told her that, uh, you know, you were the biggest pain ever, you know, your birth was so painful. I, and like she was, when she got pregnant, she spent all nine months worrying about the birth. And so we started working with feeling pain and breathing with it and getting to the place where she was actually very calm about her birth and then ended up having this blissful birth. So connecting breath and feeling intensity is a powerful tool. And I've, I've found that in the last few years, I've, uh, I've really been, I've been meditating a lot and, and yoga also incorporates a lot of, uh, a lot of breathing. And it's so interesting how the breath can operate as such an anchor to what's really going on in the moment, as opposed to where our mind wants to take us. Yeah. So stories, you know, I, when people come to my money, I teach a Monday night class in Washington, DC, a place called the M mindfulness center. It's actually Bethesda, Maryland. And every Monday night, I never know who's going to show up. And it's really interesting. And people come in with their stories. You know, my, my husband doesn't love me. I hate my job. You know, my kids are giving me a rough time. And the minute they start connecting their breath, they can let all the stories go and they've 
find this deeper peace that begins to happen where they can see things in a much more neutral way so that when they go back to their kids, they, they can respond versus react to whatever's going on, if that makes sense. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I think, you know, you, you make it a reference to uh, The Wizard of Oz in your book, which anytime anyone makes a reference to The Wizard of Oz, I'm in because that's just one of my <laughs> favorite stories of all time. But I, I don't know that I ever really made the connection until I saw it in your book about having the answer within you all along. Like, I mean, I guess it's on, on a surface level, I always got it. But but the way you sort of attached it to having just uh, in terms of breath work, having the ability to to heal yourself, to overcome whatever's going on. We all have so many more tools at our disposal that we don't know of because we've gotten so accustomed to searching for external answers in, in terms of doctors, medication, whatever. Um, so so I loved that analogy. And I think a lot of people, myself included, a couple of years ago would have dismissed it as, oh, that's that's somebody trying to sell a book. That's somebody trying to you know, sell me something. And, but it, it is real. The science behind breath work and, and meditation, this sort of thing is real. So, yes. Well, first I want to go back just for a second, because like you, I love the wizard of Oz and, um, you know, she went all over the place trying to find the answers. But meanwhile, when she finally met Oz, he said, you know, it was always within you click your heels. So, for me, I think a lot of people will go back to another book analogy. Was it uh, Dr. Seuss? It was like, are you my mother? Are you my mother? You know, just looking mm -hmm. around for the answers. And really, when you take those conscious connected breaths, as you do in breath work, the answers come flooding in. It's the most powerful thing. If I have something going on in my family, you know, something with one of my kids and, you know, I'm really perplexed, not sure where to go with it. I just close my eyes for 10 minutes and I connect my breath and then all the answers show up. So I, I guess explain that because I think for someone who maybe isn't familiar with this, they're going to imagine that you're just sitting there breathing. Is, <laughs> is there more to it than that? Is there, are there different applications and different ways to breathe to, to have different results? Okay, well, two things. One, first, I want to say when you take it, when they, they wire up a brain and they have someone just, you know, breathing normally, just doing something but not paying attention to their breath, it lights up their amygdala, you know, the primitive part of their brain. And then if you turn around and ask someone to take some conscious breaths, the prefrontal cortex lights up, which is, you know, the creative part of the brain where you want to spend time. It's where the answers are. It's thinking outside the box. So there is science to, you know, how breath affects you. And um, like when I teach at a school, I love teaching teachers because then teachers disseminate this information to hundreds of students. And a couple of them come back to me and said, you know, every morning when they come in, I, we take 10 breaths. One, I've noticed it settles them. But two, I think you're absolutely right, which I love when they say that. They're like, they're they're doing better on their tests. It put them, they put them in the, the part of their brain where they can do, you know, they can do better. They can do well on a test that normally would have given them a hard time because they were so scattered when they came in, they were much more focused and grounded. So that's just, you know, where you're breathing. The second part I want to bring in is, um, you know, when you're like when you were in pain and your back hurt, you know, and you're in this fight and flight, probably chest breath, um, which raises your cortisol and adrenaline in your blood and you just feel horrible and it's hard to think like that. 
Um, can we? Do you want to play for a minute? Sure, let's do it. Okay, so put two hands on your belly. Mm-hmm. And what I want you to do is take a deep breath in. And as you breathe in, your belly comes out. And as you exhale, the belly button goes towards the spine. And one more. So as you breathe into the belly, and then, you know, kind of a diaphragmatic breath goes from the belly to the chest. Each time you take a diaphragmatic breath, you're telling your central nervous system that you're okay, and your adrenaline and your cortisol drop, and you just start feeling better. So it's easier to handle whatever's going on in front of you when you take even two diaphragmatic breaths. What's interesting about this, uh, I, my acupuncturist several years ago, I was talking to her about a bunch of stuff that was going on, and she, was started, she started talking to me about breathing, and she said something, and maybe there is no magic number. I, you know more about this than I do. But she said something, and I've heard other stories, that it's between four and six deep breaths actually reset your nervous system. So whatever thing you're going through, if you can get through those four to six breaths, it literally is a reset button on your system. Is that a hundred percent? Yep. Yep. But I, I even say one really deep one Yeah. because <laughs> people are very ADD and they just getting them to take one. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and, and I, I will say, uh, I've been doing this for, you know, 20 years. I've been in this industry for a long time. And every time I do an interview like this, there is a level of anxiety and nerves that it takes me until about halfway through the interview to get through. And it's so funny because Every time I think, oh, you know, I should have taken some deep breaths before I started. It would have helped. And just now doing it, I'm way more calm than I was when I started. So it 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 just works. I don't know, you know, I'm I'm not the scientist here. I but I can tell you it definitely works. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. Um so uh we have I think similar journeys uh into this realm of of healing. Um from what I read in your book, you you were not uh, the kind of person who you would have associated with being a breathwork coach or, or working in this field. Can you talk a little bit about your journey and how you got to this point? Yeah, I laugh because my mom always teases like, you know, I grew up in the suburbs eating like Captain Crunch and, you know, tricks are for kids. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if someone said to me, like, you know, you're going to be a breath worker one day, I'd be like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I I have my master's in journalism. And um, when my son was nine months old, I couldn't turn my neck. And the pain was so bad. It was like a sciatic pain. Um I didn't know what to do when I went to Western medicine and one surgeon's like, I'm, you know, just don't look up and I'm going to have to cut at some point. And it was just amazing to me that, um, that I wasn't get like, I wasn't getting the healing that I needed. And finally someone took me to a physiatrist that works with the muscle around, um, an area that's been injured. And that started to work and it was super expensive. And so I asked the PTs in that office, like, what else can I do? And they're like, Oh, Go do some massage therapy and some yoga. And anyway, long story short, from yoga, I went to meditation. From meditation, I went to breath work. And it was when I had my very first breath work session that it came to me that um, 
oh my goodness, there's an emotional piece to the pain in my neck. Like I could see it during the breast session. And I had a full understanding. And by the time the breast session was done, I bolt right sat up and said, why isn't everyone doing this? I have a, I have a quick question about that part. The, the, the actual pain that you saw, was it like in, in the shape of, well, a shape? Or is there some trauma that, that it triggered that you know that that's what, what was causing it? Do you, know what I, do you know what I mean? Is that question clear? So yes, and it's a very deep answer. So I'm trying to figure out how to to make it fluffy and shorter, which is, um, uh, so then I didn't, I had a very, I had very low self-esteem in my early 20s when this happened. And um, I was trying to be whoever that, you know, the different people in my life, you know, I was newly married and I, you know, all these things were going on in my life, you know, uh, my relationship with my parents and um, I, I understood how I was holding all that tension in my neck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it wasn't like one major aha during my very first session, but it, it was the first time where I understood the pain that I was holding wasn't purely physical. Right. Okay. So uh, from what I understand, holotropic breathwork is not necessarily your expertise, but, but you know a little bit about it. Is that fair? Yes. Holotropic, integrative, transformational, they all have similar pieces. So my first experience with breathwork was just a few months ago. Uh, I was I was at a retreat, and we didn't know what we were getting into from day to day. And, and one of the days, it was uh, some form of holotropic breathwork. And um, through these various breathing rhythms, the music that was being sung, the instruments that were being played, the whatever, the sage or whatever was being burned in the room— this experience was uh, mind blowing. Literally, I was—I um, don't even know if it's hallucination—but the, the walls were melting. <laughs> I, I was taken to deep, deep memories that were extremely painful, uh, mm. and able to to visual, visualize them, to reach out for them, and and make a conscious decision to let them go and to let them—I uh, guess—to stop them from having control over me. Mm. It was, I mean, it was the single most profound personal thing I've ever gone through. I mean, I have kids and and, and a wife, and and that all is right up there. But in terms yeah. in terms of my own internal work, it just completely blew open my concept of of reality and healing and and what it takes. So, do you can you explain? I guess. I, I'm still struggling with was I hallucinating or or was I shown something else that's real that we can't access under our normal conditions? So what I would say is there's different varieties of breath work. Holotropic is very intense. So melting walls, I'm not surprised. You know, people have um, pretty intense um, experiences during a holotropic ride. Um Integrative breath work is a little gentler. You know, you're going to bring up the same material um, in a more gentle way. Um, you know, I don't prefer one breath work over another because each person needs a different style to help them, you know, bring up and heal and integrate whatever the material is. So um, I guess what I want to say is, you know, most people when they start laying down and connecting their breath, you know, inhale, seamlessly connected to exhale right back in. It's called a circular breath. 
um, they're going to drop into something that they've been suppressing, repressing. It just happens. It's, you know, you're, you're relaxed. The breath is there. Anything unlike the vibration of a breath, right? The breath is a very high vibration. So dense materials, things that were traumatic have a tendency to come up for you to, because you're comfortable and relaxed while you're doing this and breathing it's the first time where you have the space to actually allow that material to come up in a safe way, feel it fully, breathe with it, experience it, and then it moves away. And what I've noticed, and I don't know if you've noticed it, that as that material heals and moves away, you feel even more energy coursing through you. Did you feel a lot of energy when oh, you were doing breath? Oh, my God. For about a month and a half, my wife was very patient with me because I was on this euphoric high for about six weeks where there was literally no challenge I could not accomplish. There was nothing like I, I felt for the first time, like I became the person I was always meant to be and nothing was going to stop me from just, you know, singing it from the rooftops. And I am not a sing from the rooftops kind of guy. So, uh, it, it was the most incredible thing I've ever felt. And it was, and it was hard to hang on to and even harder now, uh, having attained it and not, yeah. not be able to like flip that switch back on and go, I want to feel like that all the time. So that's why it's amazing to have a daily practice. You know, I don't get out of bed in the morning without connecting my breath from five minutes to an hour, somewhere in between, depending on the day, how much time I have, because during the night, you know, we dream and we get tired and we stress sometimes in our, because whatever we don't process during the day, we process at night. So if you do some of the connected breathing in the morning before you get out of bed, you get that energy, that buzz. I don't do coffee. I don't need coffee. You know, I just go on my day after I do my breathing. So I start clear. And then, you know, going on a retreat once or twice a year to keep having these kind of experiences, finding a breathwork class, you know, doing a week long anything is going to really shift and change you. That's what I was, I guess that was going to be my question for you is uh, in, in my attempt now to chase the dragon and, and go back to that feeling. If, if I did that every week, every month, would I sustain that? Or at some point would the, I guess the monotony of feeling that way just sort of make it wear off? So it's not monotony. What happens is you process more and more material. And at some point, you're, you're just much clearer and it's much faster and easier for you to clear because you've done so much work on yourself. So I don't get the high, high buzz that I got when I first started. Um, and at the same time, I still get incredible gifts. It's so interesting. Uh, it's powerful stuff. And, and by the way, it's a fun book to read because it's not just here's how to here's how to breathe differently. It's you have a lot of personal stories and and uh, you really um, you pack a lot of information into a, a short read. So uh, thank you for the book. It's uh, very helpful and the techniques are definitely powerful and useful. And uh, I just I hope that for anyone who's coming to this unsure that they would ju just give it a try and just. Even even just now, taking a deep breath, and if you don't feel better, then, you know, I, I guess I don't know what to tell you. Uh, is there anything important here that we missed that I didn't ask you about? 
So there's a, I mean, thank you so much for, I'm so glad you enjoyed the book. So yeah. in Breath Love, I put so many ideas like the emergency toolkit. So if someone's going through a crisis, you know, the things that you can do right away to help you get grounded and centered. And just so that your listeners know, you know, drinking water moves emotion just like breath does. So water, connect your breath, walk in nature, you know, anything to move your body, do push-ups, you're going to start to feel better. So if nothing else, um, if anyone wants to know a little bit more, like I gave a very fast definition of breath work, but if you go to breathlove.com, my website, there's more information there about breath work and its definition and some more detail. Any, anything else you want to add before we go? Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> There's many so much. Things. There's so Just much. Know that you're, you're amazing. Thank you for, you know, Jeremy, thank you for having me on because... You know, once people understand breath work, they're they're great spokesmen for it. But getting someone to take a breath is always an interesting challenge. So, <laughs> do, do people say I'm no when you, you when when you uh, ask people to try? Have you had people say no? You know what? It's really funny. I guess because I'm kind of smiling and easy that like most people are not afraid to try it. But if you ask someone to come try their first breathwork session at the beginning, yeah, it was really hard to get people to do a full sure. breathwork session. Sure. Now when I offer people, they're like, because they've heard enough about me at this point, they're like, sure, I'll do it. Right. Yeah, of course. That was Lauren Shellett-Kafritz, her book, Breath Love. Our thanks to her for spending a few minutes talking about breath work in general. Uh, quickly, I want to mention uh, the sponsor of this episode is the Bravest Brewing Company. They brew some of the best non-alcoholic beers that you can get on the market. Uh, I actually tried, I don't remember if I had them before the last episode or not, but I did try the uh, the new raspberry, I think it's a gose, and the white ale. Those are tasty. I mean, they are. They, I do think they're. They feel like a little bit more of a summer drink, but man, they're they're just a really nice, easy drinking, uh, non-alcoholic beer. So if you're into that, click on the link on our website, thefitmess.com, and you can get ten percent off there by using the code fitmess10. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to the show uh, through uh, Apple Podcasts or Google or whatever it is you use to get podcasts. Uh, so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you missed a past episode, you guys, uh, you and BioCurious Kayla talked a little bit about breathwork uh, on the little uh, Instagram video you guys did a, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we hit, we actually hit a couple of different topics, and it was a really good conversation. I, I I enjoyed talking to her. But yeah, we hit on breathwork and just how it, it's so simple. I mean, we all breathe every single day just to stay alive, but you can be doing it so much better. Like there's, there's a way to breathe to make you feel better. It's, it's so crazy. Well, and, and the fact that, you know, like the story I shared with, uh, with Lauren, the, the, the holotropic, the, the, um, I guess hallucinogenic properties of, of that practice. Again, one of the most profound things I've ever experienced in my life. And it was purely just a breathing technique. It was, it was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And it's honestly kind of frustrating that, this method of healing, there are, there are barriers to it. I mean, good luck finding a therapist or or finding a way to get that covered by insurance. You know what I mean? Like, if I could go to a breathwork coach and have that covered by insurance, I would do that a lot because, again, I I carried around a buzz for about six weeks of feeling better than I've felt in my entire life, and it was in mm -hmm. part due to to that work. And it's just that it's so so easily accessible but cost prohibitive because of the way that our medical system system is set up i have to imagine you could find a psychologist that that is 
covered through insurance that would do some breath work with you. Maybe not to that level, but but maybe a good starting point. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's possible. Again, I'm a lazy dude. I, perhaps I haven't done my research <laughs> to, to find the right one. So if anybody knows of one uh, in the Seattle area, please uh, get in touch. I'd love to I'd love to explore that and see if it's an option uh, for me, because, again, um, just it can be life changing, whether it's to that extreme or to just the simple act of taking intentional breaths and, and, and kind of figuring out where you are now and in, and yeah. in the moment. If you're not interested in going quite to that extreme, you know, one of the ways of breathing that, that I, I taught during one of my yoga classes was it's called box breathing. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's, it's essentially, it's just you inhale to the count of five, hold your breath for five, for, for a count of five, exhale for a count of five, hold for five, inhale for five and do that for three, maybe four minutes. And that actually activates the vagus nerve in your body, which, which controls your rest and digest functions in your body. And it can take you from like being crazy, uh, anxious, just down to a really calm level in like three minutes. If you do, if you do the breathing, just like that, it's, there's all kinds of breathing tricks that you can find out there, but certainly clear it with somebody before you try anything that May have hallucinogenic side effects. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, though. You mentioned the box breathing. Uh, Headspace, a very popular uh, meditation app that, that is not a sponsor and is not paying for this in any way. Uh, I use I use it as just a consumer. I, I pay for the subscription and all that. And they We should have, call them. Uh, we should call them. Um, they have uh, these things called sleep casts, which are basically you know bedtime stories for grownups. And I love them. They are they are <laughs> a critical tool in my toolbox for falling asleep, uh, primarily when I go to bed before my wife because, I, you know, she finds them annoying and weird. Um, but I, I love them. I sit in my pitch black basement bedroom listening to these stories and I love them. But the the uh, the box breathing is the setup to basically every one of the stories. And it's so mm-hmm. annoying to me because I just want to get to the story. Like I, I'm, I'm still in such a get to the next thing mode. They're like I don't want to do the breathing. Just do the story so I can fall asleep. But the breathing is a critical part of the method to try to help you get to sleep. Uh, so it's it's funny that you bring that up because it's every night I'm like, oh, God, fine, I'll do it. But I just want to hear the story. But it's so useful though. Like it's it's amazing. It's something like just breathing a different way and breathing with with intention can have such a, a profound impact on your mental clarity. Well, and it's funny because it's also such a foundation for everything else. If you start breathing with intention, it sets you up for eating with intention, which sets you up for acting with intention. And it's it's just, it's so fundamental and such a, a key building block in rebuilding that house of cards before one card comes down and, and brings the whole house down again for you. So speaking yep. of, uh, I suppose it's challenge time. It is, and I've got one for you. All right. I heard you say earlier that you were, um, you needed to get back into meditation and breath work as part of that meditation for mm-hmm. you. So, and I'll do this as well. But I challenge you to ten minutes, ten full minutes, every single day, of meditation on your breath work. Meditating on my breath work. Meditating on your breath work. All right. Challenge accepted. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure that's exactly the thing I need to sort of rebuild my now collapsed and messy 
and flabby and tired house of cards. It's a fit mess, man. It is a it's fit a mess. Fit this mess. is the thing. You know, I I'm on social media too much. We've we've talked about that. And I scroll through all these just inspirational, just wonderful quotes and things to, that are supposed to help you. And I find that they they kind of stress me out because when I'm in this mode, you would think that's the kind of thing that would be the trigger to to light the fire to uh, you know to to start taking better care of myself. But I find that it sort of grinds me down more. And then that's where I come back to the reason we started doing this is that you and I are regular dudes. We're not, you know, we're not life coaches. I'm using big air quotes. We're not therapists. <laughs> we're not, you know, fitness trainers. I mean, you you have various certifications that uh, that make you much more of that than I am. But for the most part, I hope that this show serves as a way for people that struggle like us to relate and to know that they're not alone and that we are not alone and and that this is this is what life is it's the struggle it's the mess it's the hard part with with little hints of the successful moments and the happy moments and the light moments and just going through all of this just makes us stronger and we have to do it together because otherwise it's a it's a lonely and, and terrible existence so um yeah so, you can't we can't all we can't all be perfect all the time, and uh, to to expect that is is just crazy. And you're gonna have moments like this, and this is why we decided on the name the Fit Mess because it really is messy. It's if the you're gonna have days where you don't work out or you don't eat right, and you're gonna feel like shit the next day, and it's up and down, and there's there's valleys and troughs. It's you know it's not perfect, and no one can be perfect. Yeah. So that's why just, we sit on the show and interview experts and then try and implement what they're telling us, but we we fail miserably a lot of times. <laughs> Far too often. But it is. It's it's just, you know, as my friend, it's uh it's reassuring that when we have these conversations, uh, usually even before the show, where it's like, yeah, no, I'm doing the same thing. I'm in the same rut. I'm I'm making the same mistakes. I'm doing the same stupid stuff. And, you know, I don't know if it's seasonal, if it's just that's life or whatever. But again, it's just it's comforting to know that it's not just me. So uh, I hope it's just life, man. It's just life. We've got kids. We've got things. We've got jobs. I mean, there's there's only so many hours in the day. And while I prioritize my health very highly, sometimes those other things get in the way. Yep. Yeah. So, Damn kids. <laughs> so I hope that this show serves as that for you, and I hope that it will continue to if you uh, have subscribed through whatever uh, podcast catcher you use. With that, I think we're going to get out of here. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode. You will find it at thefitmess.com or wherever podcasts are sold. Thanks so much for listening and uh, and sharing a key part of this. Please share this uh, anywhere you can to help spread the word and help grow our little show. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks at thefitmess.com. See everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and does not seem to lack anything, but we still need a legal disclaimer. Jeremy and Zach are not doctors. Please consult your physician prior to implementing any changes that you heard on this podcast. The listener assumes that Jeremy and Zach do not know what they're talking about and that you'll do your own research on the topics talked about in this podcast. The hosts of this podcast are not liable for any physical or emotional issues that might occur directly or indirectly as a result of listening to this podcast. Let's close with a deep breath.
I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to take that deep breath so close to the mic. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.